Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's Sunday morning, and I'm going to hop around before I go off to an appointment to um, take another look at Shavuos. Um, thanks to our friends at Glock Plumbing in, in Lakewood. Thank you very much. And again, no refried beans. So let's. Um, I was looking yesterday at um, a very wonderful source, if you know how to use it, for any of these questions about Yom Tovim and all the rest, especially Shavuos. And that source is Ramos uh, Torres Ola, right? Which now comes in this wonderful uh, Nakudo, Sina Manuka edition. Very nice print and all the rest of it. And it's a real turn on to me. Although, Drama, who wrote this a couple hundred years ago, obviously, you know, writes in a very Baroque fashion, not in a modern uh, a way. But the ideas are very inventive and very, uh, very thought provoking, or at least sometimes. I'm just telling you my impression, that's all. I mean, you, know, you don't need me to, to look it up. Um, and one of the interesting things that Ma does, and you'll see why it's no gate issue in a second, is he's he's totally preoccupied with the carbonus, basically, and based on Mishkan, and Mishkan stuff. And obviously, he's trying in his way to do what Rambam and others tried to do, which is trying to make sense out of all this stuff. Why three bulls, four rams, five this, six of that, you know. Like, what's up shot? What's going on with with Baikra um, and Bamidbar and so forth? you know, the different carbonates, all the rest of it. But not only that, in a very Maimonidean fashion, he not only goes through each and every one of the carbonates that are out there, which are a lot, of course, but he also goes to all the carbonates in history. So he's got a chapter at the end, or two chapters at the end, Carbonus Yechidim Shehuzka B'Tanach. So he'll talk about the carbonates and explain, try to explain the carbonates of Adam Arisham, Noach, Doraflogob, the Avos, and he makes the point, may us, may us, or here, Gruno Kazman, Matantoro. It's just interesting that there seems to have been a hiatus, a gap from the time of the death of Yaakov. In other words, when Yaakov offers a carbon just before he goes to Egypt, I think it is, there's no other carbonus for the next couple hundred years. And then the Shivasim Amilum and Aram, you know, going, and Bilam and Bullock, and all this kind of stuff. Okay, fine. And Joshua, and then in the Nach, you know, Gideon, uh, when the Malach appears to him. Manoach, that's uh, coming up in the Haftorah next week after Shavuos. Maybe I'll talk about that in there. And Chana and Shmuel and David, these are explicitly mentioned in the texts of the Bible, right? Shlomo, La'alof and Revavos, you know, Shlomo's holocaust of food, of animals, when he dedicated Beis and Ezra's Revavos, the Gansa business. So uh, it's a long work, and I don't think the regular person could go through it. But on the other hand, it's a wonderful thing to go through on specific things, particularly Shavuos, because as I've said before, and you don't need me to tell you, the Chumash doesn't mention anything about Shavuos being Zmama and Torosinu, which is just strange, interesting. But the Chumash certainly does mention the unusual parts about Shavuos in terms of the Karbanas. Biyom HaBikurim means the Mincha Chadasha, meaning the Shtei Halechem ceremony, in which you have the two breads and the two lambs. 
and some other things as well. But those are the main parts of the uh, of the ceremony, and uh, it's very uh, confusing, I think. But there's a lot of different sheets how exactly they performed the ceremony of the two breads and the two lambs. Um, I have the book here, the wonderful book from uh, Rabbi Open here in Baltimore. It was a very big Tomahawk, and he's got his pictures, which are wonderful, and he's got the, um, I don't know where he got it from exactly, but he's talking about the Tanufa, which is a, a basic thing. Maybe I'll talk about that stuff next time. Let me let me uh, stick to this subject. So, um, as part of the project, there's a chapter, uh, Part 3, Chapter 55, dedicated by the Ramah to try to explain the symbolism, as he sees it, of the Mincha Chadash of the Sheolechem. In other words, what what is the meaning of the basic carbonus, or the central carbonus, I should say, because there are others, the central carbonus of Shavuos, which don't seem to have anything to do with Mount and Torah. And many Mepharshim say, well, that's the agricultural side, and you're thanking God for the harvest, and blah, blah, blah. That's true. But on the other hand, what, how, how come the Torah is totally skipping some Mount and Torah Senu? Now, the Ramo, who's not a Rishon, but early Achran, of course, 16th century, he chooses to insist that the Karbonas themselves, the Karbonas, are allusions to Matan Torah. So it's an interesting Mahalach, but it's not every time to get Haram Tov, it's just the Ramah talking, okay? So it's a it's a Deya. And to him, um, the Shteha Lechem and the, and the Kivsei Atzeris, as we call them, the two lambs, and the other parts, but especially those, are connected with uh, and symbolize Samahamat Torah now here it gets very inventive, and it's very, very interesting to me, and everything I'm going to say now is really food for thought. So, I don't want to assign anything wrong to him. This is my take on it. But if you're interested in the subject, and I mean this seriously, because some people listen to this, you know, are, are very serious uh, scholars who want to chase it down on their own, which is exactly what I want. And you look at the Torah's Ola, Part 3, Chapter 55, and you'll see it for yourself, if you choose to. And over there... He, it's a little bit long, so I'm not going to read the whole thing at all, at all. I'll summarize it, and I think it's, like I say, very food for thought. Now, here's the main part as I understand it. Chana, um, Pesach versus Shavuos. Pesach, if you think about it, is a holiday dominated by number four, right? I told you, somebody give me a Haggadah now. The whole thing is like four on steroids. But we know anyway, there's four cups, and there's four sons, and there's four questions, and there's four Lashon of Tocha. And, you know, and the four Lashonas Geula, and four, 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 right? Uh, it's very dominating the, the uh, Passover, the Seder ceremony. And, of course, four is a very important uh, concept in Judaism. You know, the Maral and all the rest of it. So what about Shavuos? It strikes me that Shavuos is a holiday of twos. And I'll tell you, in my opinion, where I think the source of this comes from, and that is that the Ten Commandments are given in a funny eifin, in two tablets. Why two? Why can't God write it all in one? Right? You could do that. I mean, simply one tablet. And I know there's different opinions. Because, oh, was it square? Was it this? Was it that? But the bottom line is, is luchos. Why can't it just be a luach? Right? I mean, Hashem can, can write small, can write big. You know, I mean, he can do anything. So, what's up is that it's in form of five and five. Why can't it just be ten? You know, it's a basic question. That means primordially, in some deep, mystical, spiritual fashion, there's epis, something about two, connected with the giving of the Torah. That's just some dualistic aspect giving the Torah. Now, the reason, so that focuses you, in the Ramah's thinking, 
as follows. What is the central, unique ceremony of um, of Shavuos? It's the Shtei Alechem and the Kibbutz Yatzeres. Now, you got two breads, and you got two lambs. Okay? Uh, understand this well. You're not... Uh, if you want... Hold on for a second. One second. Okay, I had to get my stone chumash here, the blue one. Yarswell chumash, uh, which I'm sure everyone has access to. If you look all the way in the back, they have these very useful uh, charts. From 1291 to 1295, something like that. And you'll see that the Shtei Alechem is what you call non-altar baked offerings. In other words, you don't burn it on the Mizbeach. It's not a regular mincha, in which you take the flour and the oil and all that, and you throw it on the fire. You don't do that over here. So the ceremony involves, on the other hand, the two animals, you do shecht, right? And take their stuff and burn it on the Mizbeach. But it's a shlomim, so in other words, most of the meat and everything you get to keep. Now, um, so part of it is is a regular carbon. The part of it is 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 not exactly regular carbon. You make the two breads. We'll talk about that another time. And you wave them in a certain way. And once you finish it, that's that is the ceremony. The two breads are chametz too, which is interesting. But like I say, it, 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 the tenufa is the is the quote unquote the, the offering, as it were. So you have two of this and two of that. And the Ramal goes into this, and he basically says. That the two breads would represent the Torah Shabbat and the Torah Shabbat. In other words, two tablets and the Torah is given in two forms. It's strange. Why didn't Hashem just give "quote unquote" the Gemara together with the, with, 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 the, with the Torah Shabbat? He can do anything, right? So, nevertheless, it comes in two forms, and the two lambs would represent the two luchos as he sees it. Also, he would say the two lambs would represent—I think it was the two lambs—represent Nasa and Ishma, which are the two sides of the Kabbalah. So the two, every so whether you like the word or you don't like the word, you do have to acknowledge a lot of twos, a lot of dualism involved in all this, and that I think is the most interesting uh, contribution to the original thought over here. Now the idea of of twos, there's never just one way; there's two ways or two parts, perhaps, of the ways. And uh, I'll tell you where I'm going with this, and based on what I mentioned the other day. I think I said in the podcast, you also have. Um, Two types of Kabbalah said Torah, just like he said, Nasim and Ishma. The Nasim and Ishma. The, the two ways, which are in Shavuos, of getting the Torah is, uh, what shall I say, forced and free will. In other words, for some people, it's called from Harkagig, as I mentioned the other day, and other people, they took a free will. The outstanding example of free will uh, is a Gerzedek, like Rus or something like that. The, outstanding, the other way, the outstanding example is the Jewish people who said Modor Rabbalaraisa. Now, more than that, understand this very well. It means that when Rove, at least, I guess, of Kalisrol said Nasimanisha, they didn't mean it. Okay? So it wasn't really, an, it was, in other words, it's important that they said it, but it was under duress, and therefore it doesn't count. I remind you, I've said this in the past, it's not a, just a it is in the Medrash, but it's also in the Tosefta, which is much older than the Medrash. If you look in Perik Zion in um, Baba Kama, it's kind of famous. In the Tosefta there, I have tests. There are different ways of counting it. But it's Perik Zion. It says, quote, this is the Tosefta talking, not me. When the Jewish people at Harsino and Shavuos, they tried to lie to God. And they didn't mean it. God played along. Okay, and he brings a pussy and tell him to back it up. Okay, uh, so 
let's put it this way. So there wasn't a full-throated and full-hearted um, Nasim and Ishmael. It was kind of, as he puts it over here, big shuligna with Das Elyon, it's a Geneva's Das. That's a strong language. It's not me talking. That's a Chazal. It's not even a Medish. It's a Tosefta, which is, you know, it pre- precedes the Gemara. So uh, there's two Shavuases, so to speak. There's the Shavuas that was kind of forced, and the Shavuas of quote-unquote Deger Tzedek's, who who have a who take on in full a, a genuine Nasim and therefore form a model right for the Jews to follow. It's a little bit funny that the Gerasenek should be the model for the Jews to follow, but it's not so funny when you think about it. And this, of course, reminds us of the fact not only of Rus, of course, that's why the custom is reading Rus on Shabbos, I think, and also uh, what's asserted is the. Um, uh, metaphysical power of Nasim and Ishma, or the metaphysical power of Gary Tzedek, as you, if you want, uh, which of course we know. I've mentioned in the past. You have this very strange and very interesting business with Count Potosky, who was killed, uh, according to the story. I mean, let's leave the historical exact thing aside. May you know whatever, but according to the story, uh, Avram ben Avram, as you would know him, Count Potosky who uh, was from the one of the leading fa- the leading families in the kingdom of Poland that once upon a time existed, I talked about many times. He's one of like five or six families that ran the whole Poland. And he's supposed to have been burned at the stake as a Gerd Sedek um, in 1749. Um, I've talked about this in the past. I'm not going to go into the, into the, 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 the uh, pros and cons of the historicity of this sort of thing. Uh, but uh, let's put it this way. But the Jewish tradition is that he did it. And not only that, but there's a famous uh, Litvisher tradition. I mentioned, I don't have the the um, uh, Mishnah Bura set with the Nebetzal at the bottom. You know what I mean? Like those new things or whoever it is. In Shul, I have one. Bernie Leaptag uh, donated to the Shul. Uh, which, you know, has like notes from Nebetzal or somebody like that. Uh, I remember this being from him. And this has to, of course, from the Tilsiadayim. And the idea is you don't have to do the Natilsi dime right away when you get out of bed because the, but you can do it, you know, in the house. The whole thing's like a dollar Amos or something like that. And it's because a change in Metzius took place in 1749. Now, I don't have the set right in front of me now that I'm doing the podcast. So I just Googled. I said something like Natilsi dime and Garrett Sadek or something like this. And I came up with something on the Chadre uh, Radim or something. And. Listen to this, what I saw. A guy's writing, he says as follows. This is what I heard from one of the Roshi Kolo Chazanish. No, it was Orthodox. And now I'm reading what he, quote, this is what he says he was told. The Chavetz Chaim said he has a, a, a tradition from Vilnagon, who, according to the famous story, was present at the burning of Count Potosky. Um, there's all kinds of stories connected with that. And you remember they took, they burned him to a crisp and they, to ashes. And then somebody took some of the ashes a little bit and buried it. And it's the whole story that it was a tree that grew there in the, in the, uh, what do you call it? In the cemetery in Vilna. I was actually at the cemetery in Vilna. I'm at Cohen. I stood outside and I saw the grave of Vilna gone. I don't, I, I, but I can't remember anymore. Did they remove the body and replace it in another place? Or something like that. Uh, I remember Professor Lyman had some kind of online petition about that. Whatever it is, Gerd Sedek or a, 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 an ash or two of him 
is supposed to be buried near the Graw. Uh, it was a famous site before the Second World War. And again, that when they burned him at the stake, so he did this consciously. I think many of you know the story. I mean, the way the story is told, which is he could have gotten out of it uh, because he was from such an elite family that, you know, they had major pull. And all you do is say, I was crazy. When I converted to Judaism, it was a fit of insanity. Uh, which is what the Jews, of course, told him, because the Jews are Jews, you know, Jews like this. Say whatever it, t- it takes, and then get the heck out of Poland, and run away to somewhere else, to Amsterdam, to America, wherever you want to go, to Turkey, and then be a Jew. But him being a guy, you know, so he said, no, I want to go al Kiddush Hashem. And he made the bracha, she kishon mitzvah, if you want to, mekadosh mo barabim. I didn't even think, I didn't, I thought the Pesach is Sheikh Zimbabwe, Al-Kiddush Hashem, or L'Kaddish Hashem. But I'm reading you what I'm reading. So once he made that bracha, so imagine a bracha, which obviously, if it's said by somebody, the burning of the stake is said with unbelievable kavona, right? I mean, it's about to be burned up. Okay? So just think of the intensity of the kavona of that when he says, B'Shosh, Abba Ben Avram, Berchus, Berchus, HaMakaddish, Mubarabim, so the tumah of the tumah's yadayim, which we wash our hands and the tails yadayim for, is kimat legamri bottle. Was almost completely bottle. And this is a part I never heard before. According to this, this is a report that the Vilna Gaon said. After would have been ten Jews. Kshayrim, as he calls it, uh, who were there, who would have said, Amen, and I assume he means Amen with the real Kavana, Haya Mashiach Magimiyad. Wow. <laughs> what? Wow. That would be a movie. He would say it, they would say Amen, and next thing you know, things would happen in 1749. And again, I'm just concluding this quotation. Umikan Limud Schus Al Bene Lita Shemakilan. So that's the thing, you know, that they're making that because they claim that a metaphysical event occurred. Now, only a girl can know that. Agreed? You know, somebody really big in Kabbalah. I mean, really, really, really big in Kabbalah. But he could do it, you know? Like if you tell me your local Orthodox rabbi said that, I said, eh. If you tell him the Vilna Gaon, all right, that's a different story. <laughs> you know, different a different league. So, um, that's the other kind of the, of the duel, the Shtei Alechem, of the Kibsei Atzeres. One is Nasev and Ishma Genevis Das. The other was Nasev and Ishma Achenotel Esnafshecha. Right? Literally. Achenotel Esnafshecha. That's for Hafta Hashem Echach Bechol Vavcha Bechol Nafshecha Modecho. And he wasn't born Jewish. There's a famous story. I've told it in the past. Hopefully you haven't heard it or you'll forget it. The famous story is that the, the story goes that the Vilna Gom somehow or other got to him before he died, they said, where do you have the kayak to do this? You know, to burn at the stake and all this. Even a regular Jew doesn't usually do this, not willingly. Uh, and the answer he's supposed to have given, the Geir Tzedek, was that when God took the toe around to all the nations of the world, according to the famous story, and he went to Edom and Mitzrayim and this one and that one, whoever it was, and they all said, we don't want it, right? You know, because it says, lo tignov, lo sinov, you know that story. 
So, um, how's it go? It's a, in Sos Abracha. Hashem is in Zarach, Miseir, Lomo, whatever it is. So, um, uh, so the the, the Tzedek is supposed to have said, listen, when he went to all the different Gaisha nations, not all of them said no. A few of us said yes, just we were drowned out by Rove, right? It was a Miuta de Miuta, perhaps. But not every Roman said no. Not every Egyptian said no. Not every Moabite said no, and so forth. And we, Gerd this is what he said, we, Gerd Tzedek, are descended from them. It's in our DNA, okay? We're descended from them. So that's a certain Kabbalah Torah, obviously. What's remarkable, of course, is that this is supposed to have happened on the second day of Shavuos. So it's Man Man Tarasenu in Chutz Laaretz, okay? And theoretically, it might actually be the calendar date the Torah was given, because I told you before that Shavuos could be the uh, the fifth, the sixth, or the seventh, you know, depending on how the calendar worked out thousands of years ago. And you look in the Gemara and Shabbos, you'll see that. So it would be really cool if it was on the same day, literally. And... That's the other kind of, in other words, that's the power of Anasim and Ishma, which fits into this Ramah business, because I'm reading through, and I'm only reading parts of it with you today because of time and other constraints. Maybe I'll return to this. It's very interesting the way he uh, approaches on a very heavy uh, symbolic level. That's what he does uh, at great length, I might add. And he has a quote from the Zohar. Uh, which, which uh, I'll read it to you very quickly. I'll read you the Hebrew translation of the Zohar that he quotes, uh, which he says, uh, w- w- the famous question, why is it, why is the Shtei Alechem Muhammad's? You know, again, if you'll take the, the trouble to look in the back of the art scroll uh, of the stone Chumash, of the different Karbonas, the chart, you'll see, just by looking at the charts, that uh, nothing is Chumash, just about, Okay. Uh, when you look on page, for those who have it in front of you, they'll look on page 1294, and you look what they're, they're made of, you know, the, the different types of minachos, the solas and macheshes, the chalas, rekikim, menchas koin, chavidi koin gadol, menchas chinich, etc. And you'll just take the look, trouble to look, and it's never flower, it's never lechem oni, you know, flower and water, Um Except, of course, the shtei lechem, and a part of the lachme toda, which I think you're familiar with. So the Shtei Alechem is Dafka Chametz Teafeno. So uh, why? Why should this be Chametz? And he quotes here this passage from the Zohar. Uh, I'll just do it. Here we go. Again, this is a Hebrew translation of the Zohar. We have to understand. But Pesach Yotzi Yisrael Me'alechem Menikra Chametz. Then on Pesach, the Zohar says the Jews left uh, Chametz, meaning the uh, Asir Chametz. Right? That uh, the chametz is uh, set aside in favor of the kavadika uh, bread called Whatever they got on Pesach, they got more on Shavuos. On Pesach, they got their freedom, and Shavuos, they got the Torah. So they had a higher lechem, right? So on Pesach, they got this high, spiritually high bread called matzah. But on Shavuos, the Zohar says they got even a higher form of bread called Torah. So then, why should it say Chumash that there should be Dafka Chumash on Shavuos? 
and it'd be more proper that it's not be chametz because the story is when they said nasim and I guess if you go with the mahalk that they weren't lying, so it says that the yitzar was bottle, as you know. So that should be better to say you have to eat uh, matzah on on on, on shavuos. Torah nikkor cheres nims to be amazeh. Ella marshal melchay ben yachid, but to understand it, you have to understand a certain marshal. But king who had an only son, the chalu was sick. Yemechem misavalecho. The kid wanted to eat. Amarof and the doctor said, Yochem no shal melch machrofu. First, you have to eat foods that are medicinal in nature, therapeutic. And we're afraid that the kid, being a kid, won't get it, and he'll want to eat other foods as well, and he shouldn't. It's bad for him. So therefore, uh, take all the other food out of the house. Also, so they did it. And it worked. So the kid ate the food and got, and got well. Now that he's well, he can eat whatever food he wants. And it can't uh, harm him uh, because now, uh, what do you call it? Now he got well. When the Jews left Egypt, they didn't understand what he called So first you have to eat healthy food. This is matzah and its mystical element. The Machal Dasusa that it, it cures you from Avodazar type thoughts. And therefore, when you're eating the medicinal food, don't have any other food in the house because you might eat then, that'll hurt you. But once you got well, once you got well, or let's put it this way, once you were cured of your theological problems, and, and, and introduced into the person, the matzah introduced into you to Seud Emuna, Amakash Baruch now, Roy Lahem, Gam Chometz. So that's why, and Eni Yochel Hazik Lahem. Now they can eat Chometz on Shavuos, because can be Yom Chag Ashur Sheishon Lechel especially now they're eating even a better bread than they ate before, than the matzah, known as the Torah, who are full of coal. So the Torahs are full for everything, but Vani Yisrach Leser Achil is Chometz. Al Kain Makriv Mim Shavuos Karmel Chometz De Alechem, Lisrof is koch koshi v'koch aral mizbeach le'elyon, and what you're doing by doing the the stay alechem, even though you're not burning it downstairs, but you're burning it upstairs in the heavenly mizbeach. And what are you burning? The koshi v'koch aral. That's a nice. That's the end of the Zohar passage. Now, what exactly is it? How do you how do you understand? How do you connect that? Uh, so I'll tell you how I do. Um. But by the way, it does indicate that Shavuos, Kabbalah Zatorah, we just read this, is a refua for Deus Mushubashos and Avodah Zara. No, according to the Zohar, it really is. So if a person is Makabal the Torah on Shavuos, it has metaphysical effects. It sounds strange, but after all, I'm reading the Zohar. And has a, a has a certain power that comports with what the Vilna Gaon is saying about Kampatotsky. So no, since since somebody said Nasimanisha uh, with a full kavana, so it tooed off as they say, and it leaves an effect in the Messias of the world. And the implication this is remarkable because the implication is that had the Jewish people said Nasimanisha sincerely. Not with a Kafam Harke Gigas type thing in the background, like Tosis is, and they knew that it was going to happen or something. 
uh, in Shabbos. But if they would have said it sincerely, then you wouldn't have all the gullus and all the other junk in Jewish history. Everything we have bad in Jewish history is attributable to the messed up Nasr and Ishma. Because, it, they, they, yes, they did say Nasa and Nishma, and that means, yes, we will do and we will listen. It does mean that, but it doesn't mean we'll do so willingly and lovingly. So it's all a matter of your attitude. The attitude is like everything. In Lima the Torah, so much depends on the attitude, which anybody's ever taught kids, or adults, but especially kids, knows. It's 100% depending on the attitude. Are you ramming it down the throat and so on and so forth? Or does the kid, or, or is the purpose of education to somehow other turn on the kid so that once the kid gets turned on, if that happens, then you can rely that he will, that that child will go on and pursue this um, much more deeply, much more, and, and hopefully, and much more enthusiastically. The great gedolim we've had in Jewish history happen to be individuals, if you think about it, who for one reason or another were turned on, however it happened, and because they were turned on, they, they threw themselves into it, and that's how they became gedolim. Otherwise not. So the bottom, bottom line is you need a good Rebbe, which not everywhere exists. You know, we have a lot of good Rebbeim, obviously, who know the ropes and know how to teach and all the rest of it, but that's not identical necessarily with, uh, you know, turning the flame on in the child. In other words, you can be a very good expositor and a very good magachir, as they call it, and be clear in all the rest of it, but as long as it's... um. You know, not a Nasa Venishma of a Gerzetic, so to speak. There's not a full Nasa Venishma out there. Uh, the, the, the child, even if he's smart and knows how to pass tests very well, all the rest of it, it's not going to be turned on in a fire. And it won't be the kind of thing where you're so rafe, how does he call it over here? Koshi v'koch hara al mizbeach ha'elyon. The purpose, the, the goal of Shavuos is you know, to, to to try to recapture that to some degree, hopefully full degree. Uh, so it con- comes out funny. On Shavuos, we're trying to see if we can reach the level of Gerzetic. Now, they say later on by by Purim that, you know, they did it uh, willingly, but it doesn't say they did it um, that's what it is. But it doesn't say they did it with a fire. Um, because it doesn't seem that some, you know, the Mashiach didn't come then. And anyway, you and I know that it's not true, unfortunately, down the ages, the 2,500 years since Purim, that every Jew, you know, goes to the Torah with a fire, okay, you know, with a, with, a, with a tremendous enthusiasm. We we look for it. We we, 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 we hope for that. Um, that's actually how the Hasidic movement started. And, you know, you, you, you strive for that. Um, but that doesn't mean everybody attains that. But when you do... Look what happens. Anyway, um, that's one part I wanted to share over here. I think it's a, a very interesting. Uh, I leave you with the dualism, with the idea of the twos. See if you can come up with any other twos connected with Shavuos on your own. Once again, thanks to uh, our friends at Clock Plumbing. And with that, I bid you a good day. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.